you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. What's up, dudes? I'm Erin. I'm Nicole. This is dude. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah, we are a podcast about fucked up things. Yeah, and all like, kinds of things. But like deep down, like deep down, really, we're just two best friends, heart to heart, talking shit, <laughs> <laughs> talking shit always. <laughs> Oh my god, you're very free. You're very freezy. Are you closing all your stuff? I am. I'm closing all of my tabs. Uh, and my Chrome, my Chrome just like f- totally fucked, like fucking shot the bed. Uh oh, we're like, we're it, like two old, even, we're two old biddies. Two one of old us biddies. Can, one of us is trying to work technology. The other just printed out her notes like she always does because she's. <laughs> Cause she likes to read them off paper. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I, my computer just uh, had a had a real, real hard time there for a second. Uh-oh. So I'm just overworked. I'm just, yeah, it's really doing the most right now. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, what's up? How's everybody out there doing? Um, we're uh. Yeah, we're recording another episode today. Sometimes I forget when we're doing, um, like, new episodes that, I don't know, like, we're actually recording a podcast, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I always, like, I'm just like, oh, let's, let's like, have a FaceTime date. <laughs> but, you know. Well, that's kind of what it is, only we have, like, a topic. It yeah. did. It did feel like that, though. Oh, well, also, we do have a FaceTime date once a week anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, just to talk about things. Yeah, so sometimes it is just us. Yeah, I mean, we started talking like probably like twenty minutes ago. Yeah, and well, we, we got to warm up. Yeah, we know? got to warm up. We got to warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any new business? Any anything at all? Girl, I, I saw you so. updated the website. Yes, I put a little button on the website. If you go visit it, it's uh-huh. dtfupodcast.com. Uh, and there's a little button you can go click on to leave. To, it'll just take you to, to iTunes. But um, while there, whilst there, leave a review. Um, you know, m- the more uh, reviews and, and five-star reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find our little our little, our little weird podcast, our little island oasis of weirdness yeah. in a sea of other podcasts. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd be also, cool. Also, like, let a friend know about it. I feel like we were just talking, and Aaron mentioned a new podcast to me. I get all my recommendations from Aaron, so. <laughs> well, I don't have anything fucked up, so let's just, do you want to get into it, or do you have anything fucked up? Uh, I just have one little thing. I'm cat sitting for my brother, and so I went over today just to check on them, make sure they have water, and I saw, like, I walk in, and it's, like, a little disheveled. There's, like. You know, they have, they've been tearing up this cardboard thing. And so there's like yeah. little bits of cardboard everywhere. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they're having fun. And then I, and then I see there's like some, like this broken glass tube. It looked like drug paraphernalia. Okay. It was like blue <sighs> oil or something of my brother's. And I was like, oh, great. So I like picked that up and put it in a Tupperware. I think I could have thrown it away, but I don't know. I, I don't want to throw it away. So I put it in a Tupperware. And then I saw, so the kitties had like gotten into that somehow then Uh-oh. i look over and there's a whole bag of cat treats that's been shredded and they've eaten all oh, of them shit. and i was like oh these kitties got high off that weed oil and they crushed an entire bag of fucking cat treats 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then I looked in the litter box and they had had diarrhea. So. Oh, uh, cool. That's <laughs> like, fun. Yeah, but I think I'm going to let my mom change that. <laughs> Rude. Well, I don't know. No, I might go back today and do it. But I was like on the phone with my mom. No, they're like, gonna just shit in the house if they don't have a clean cat I box. I know. Yeah, yeah. And I then mean, you'll have to deal with like cleaning a carpet. You I know. know. Uh, I know. No, I, I, I was like, okay, I need to. My mom's like, uh, did you change the cat box? I was like, well, I don't think there's like extra litter, so I'd have to go buy some. But I have to go do stuff right now because we were recording. And yeah. My mom was maybe gonna go over there and let the cats out later because they like to go on the beach. They're like. Weird, oh, weird cool. cats. Yeah, they're, like, really cool. And so they like to, like, go out and, like, go on the beach and then they come back or whatever. And Aww. so um, so she's like, oh, maybe I'll go over and let them out early or later. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and I should change the cat box. And I'm like, yeah, there's, like, a lot of diarrhea, like, right in the front. <laughs> right in the front. You're like, oh, you, why did you say that? You should have been like, oh, no, I it looked fine when I was there, but you might want to double check it. <laughs> should have done that god damn it i gotta teach you how to be like a grifter i know oh good segue (laughs) i don't know not really yeah Uh, how to how to dodge responsibility how to dodge responsibility um in in a smooth and um non-confrontational way (laughs) (laughs) remain likable and elusive yeah but also get what you want still seem like you're responsible yeah by only fulfilling a half-assed amount of your of life duties <laughs> i don't know like not emptying the cat box <laughs> uh i don't know um it's, it may have sounded like i just farted but that was lotion I'm oh putting cool, lotion cool. on my hands i just don't i don't want anyone to hear it and be like i heard a fart on the podcast and i'm like it wasn't me Nicole, she tooted. <laughs> She'd be tooting over here. <laughs> uh, She'd be, we tooting? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, listen guys, we're talking about an epic grifter today. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what a grifter is, it's a basically somebody who is a fraudster or a con artist. Yeah. Um, and it's a... Uh, it's kind of, grifter is kind of slang for for con artist um, here in the states. That's where it originated. Oh, um, the 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 word grifter, um, and it usually always involves getting money. Like a Ponzi scheme is a very perfect example of a somebody pulling off a grift. Oh, but that's like a very organized. Uh, organized for sure yeah yeah um but just like swindling somebody out of their money um on on any level really it doesn't have to be like a low level grift it could be like a high level grift uh we've talked about some grifters before in previous episodes uh lou perlman um he was he was kind of a grifter Mm -hmm. uh he was the that was the boy bands episode um we talked about the fake rockefeller guy oh yeah christopher chichester yeah but he like murdered somebody so then he became a murderer not just a grifter yeah he's a <laughs> grifterer <laughs> um, i don't know <laughs> i can't think of a portmanteau for that one <laughs> um yeah but there's a lot of um dude grifters out there like men are usually like the ones that are the most high profile like 
I think of Bernie Madoff as being like mm-hmm. a high, high end grifter, maybe, mm-hmm. um, who totally built like thousands of people out of their money. Yep. Uh, which is really fucking sad. But he's in jail and he's serving his time. So when you think of like a a, a hardcore swindler, I it's usually. You know, somebody like uh, Frank Abagnale, for example, was a great grifter. He was oh. the the main character of, or he what he's a real person, but it was uh, the movie Catch Me If You Can oh. with Leo, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. So just like basically pretending you're something you're not and yeah. somehow getting money from it. Um, but since there's so many good men out there that are not good men, but like bad men, really. <laughs> Who are good at grifting. Good at grifting. Yeah. You really don't hear about a lot of women doing it. But mm-hmm. fortunately, or unfortunately, <laughs> very recently in the news, there is an emerging uh, female grifter who just got caught for fucking up big time. Ooh. And she was doing the most out there. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Her name is Anna Del Rey. Oh, oh my god. I'm pronouncing it like Lana Del Rey or Marina Del Rey. Like all of the Californians. Oh, oh Anna Del Rey. Anna Del Rey. Um, <laughs> well, that's not even her real name, but uh, <laughs> that's what we're going with. Her real name is Aaron, Aaron, Anna. I almost said Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> uh, who I fucking hate. I hate Aaron Sorkin. Um, oh, really? You hate the yeah. dialogue? Oh, I fucking hate it. You didn't like the newsroom? Absolutely not. Oh, I like that. I hate, I can't watch any Aaron Sorkin mm, movie. Yeah. Or show. Um, It's just so exhausting. And yeah. real people don't talk like that. You don't like the Gilmore Girls either. Oh, I don't. Which is like related, I feel like. No, I can't. I can't. I can't with like punchy fake dialogue. I like it. A lot of people do. It's a pretty unpopular um, opinion, I think. Mm. Sorry, everybody. Hot take Uh, over here. (laughs) (laughs) Doing the hot takes. Um, Well, her real name is Anna Sorokin. She's a 27-year-old lady who uh, has swindled New York City's most posh people in establishments, like, real hard. Ooh, wait till you hear this shit. This is crazy, guys. She was born in Russia, and she did a lot of schooling in Germany uh, when her family moved there in twenty or 2007, when she was about 16 years old. Mm. So she graduated high school in 2011 um, from Germany, moved to London to go to art school, promptly drops out, um, and goes back to Germany to work at a P- PR firm that, like, is kind of specializes in, like, style, I guess, like, mm. like fashion. Oh, okay. um, so she was like had that kind of vein of uh, interest. So like how do I how do I learn to spin bullshit? That's where she got her PR. Yeah. <laughs> PR. That's where she got her education. Yeah. So then after doing working at the PR firm for a little bit, she moves to Paris to start an internship at the magazine Purple. Now that's like a kind of like high fashion cool magazine. Yeah, I went to – I was like, no, I never heard of this. So I Googled it, and I went to the website, and the first thing I saw was a nipple. Hmm. 
So that it's like that kind yeah. of event. And then I was like, oh, oh, there's a nipple on here. And then I scrolled down and then there was like buttholes and vaginas, but they had like a necklace <laughs> draped over it. <laughs> so it avant garde. Like, like, <laughs> Wait, I gotta go to their website real quick. There's like an art there's like an art exhibition and it was like literally there's like a butthole vagina and you could tell that's what it is and then there's like a like a long fucking swarovski necklace or some shit like in the crack draped over it and that's the photo cute okay so that nipple that's the first thing you see it reminds me of do you remember the old um the old abercrombie and fitch oh my god oh yeah this is (laughs) Yep, that's what that is. I was like, is that something else? But they're making it look like a vagina. And then I was like, no, it's a butthole and a vagina. Yeah, no, it reminds me, this nipple picture reminds me of um, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch used to have these catalogs that were just like all naked. Oh, yeah. Like 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 19 year olds. Yeah, I was going to say naked 20 year olds. Yeah. But they look 16. Yeah, it's creepy. But yeah. for like me at the time when I was literally 16, yeah, you're like, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I remember my grandma buying me the the catalog like and her like knowing. She's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. You should have something cool like that. And I was like, oh, my God. I feel so, so cool oh right now. Oh, my God. So adult. I still have it. I think it's like a collector's item. Oh, I, that's they awesome. most certainly don't make those anymore. No. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so Purple Magazine is where she does this internship, and when she starts working there, she kind of takes on this new persona. This is when she like changes her name to Anna Delvey, um, and she just kind of changes her whole her whole vibe, yeah, a little bit because it sounds like when she was younger, she was just like real quiet. People from her school days, like, don't remember her being, like, at all remarkable. People said she was, like, really bad at learning German. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, but she's doing her thing there. She's, like, making connections. Um, and all the while, she's just, like, getting money from her family. Like, her her parents are just, like, normal people growing up in the suburbs. They're not rich. Uh, normal blue collar workers and uh, her dad was like literally a truck driver mm. but whenever she'd say like I need money for this they just like send her money no questions asked Aww. Um, so like her parents even said in their own words they said uh, we always paid for her accommodations her rent and other matters she assured us these costs were the best investment if ever she needed something more at one point or another, it didn't matter. The future was always bright. That's so fucking sad. Yikes. So she's doing this internship, but she decides she wants to branch out with her scamming because, like, <laughs> I feel like that's already kind of – you're kind of scamming your parents when you're yeah, yeah. just, like, consistently asking for money and not, like, really feeling bad about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So she's like, let's let's branch out. She starts dating this dude who is a, quote, futurist on the TED Talk circuit, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't, I don't know what that means, but. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Is that on his resume? That's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And they, they, so they like go around for like two years together, like showing up in like cool places, swanky hotels. They host like sceney dinners 
and this guy would like talk up his app that he was building or trying to build and then she would always be talking about her private club she wanted to open once she turned 25 and came into her trust fund huh. her trust fund that did not exist yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh, some people think that this futurist dude is a guy named Hunter Lee Sook, uh, who is like typical tech bro who's like kind of a grifter himself. He oh. like literally was trying to make an app about uh, dreams, like a like you would wake up from your dream and like say what your dream was into the this app, and then they would like aggregate it into a glo- global database to see what kind of trends and commonalities there are with the dreams and your subconscious around the world that's kind of cool is it (sighs) i mean i feel i mean i wouldn't download or use it but i feel like there are people who would and i feel like it's like that thing of where uh there's like three things you don't talk about in mixed company money politics and your dreams (laughs) like (laughs) oh and sex there's four things yeah Uh, i don't know yeah but i don't know Sometimes, well, well, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes uh, well, people listen. Go listen. Go watch his TED talk and see his little pitch, oh. and you tell me if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. If Good you want to be a venture capitalist and fund this motherfucker, no. Uh, I think well, there's something there, but every good app. Every good app that we need solves, like, a problem of some sort. That doesn't solve any problems. That's, like, making a problem and then trying mm. to solve it. Yeah, it's not solving anything. Um, it didn't work out, so. <laughs> <laughs> we- <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> he speaking like of, Speaking of crushed dreams, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Well, he moved to Dubai, so I think he's probably doing fine by now. Mm. Um, but so she like disengages from this guy, goes and makes her way to New York and she systematically starts making connections with influencers like high society, New York people, tech bros, financiers, it boys, it girls. Um, and this is all I think probably with an eye to get some networking and to somehow finance her art club institution idea that she has <laughs> these and... dreams are close my eyes. My eyes. <laughs> every moment of my life <laughs> <laughs> great song yeah um so yeah she's she's uh she's also getting in with like a lot of service industry people which is key when you're trying to like wire the city uh like people that work in all these swanky restaurants and bars and private clubs and hotels. She's just like, she's just, you know, befriending and talking up and everything. Well, those are the people that make you feel special when you're out. Cause you're like, if you know the people working at the hottest restaurants, you could be like, Hey, can you get me on the list tonight? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. And And then you look important. You look cool. You're like, I have the best table in the restaurant, whatever. Yeah. Um, or they sometimes will, throw you a free bottle of champagne or something. Yeah. Uh, so she tells everybody when she like goes around in networks that she's an heiress of some sort or another. She's like pretty vague. Nobody really gets the full story. Like some people think she, her dad is a Russian oil baron. Other people think she's just from some sort of rich German family. 
Nobody she, really knows. She's literally telling people, I'm an heiress. Oh, to what? Some sort or another. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you I don't never really know. <laughs> Daddy never talks about his business in front of me. <laughs> but yeah, she she's just, she's flapping her gums like to the, like she's doing it in an artful way, probably. Yeah. yeah. Where people, like, people, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody wants to talk about somebody else. They want to talk about themselves. So she's probably figured this out and just is like, yeah. Yeah. So she's, <laughs> she's given people just enough information to make them think that she's something, she's from some kind of money. And well, she's and like. Yeah, she had to have been good at it. Because if she's just acting like straight trash, none of them are going to hang out with her. So she must be, she must yeah. have, like, figured out how to be, like just sophisticated enough and like under the radar enough yeah exactly uh so she starts living at this new ish boutique hotel that opened up in the spring of 2016 um called 11 howard Mm -hmm. um this is like a cool fucking hotel i like went to their website to see what it looked like it is Mm. really rad um and there was such a new hotel that when she first started staying there um, and the people that worked there somehow assumed that she had a relationship with the hotel's owner, that they never get a credit card on file for her uh, and they allow her to, to pay for most everything in cash like that she needs um, while she's there. But she basically has an open tab and she'd regularly like slip the hotel workers, like the concierge people, the, the bellhops, the whoever – $100 bills anytime she'd have any kind of like interaction with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it most definitely endeared her to the staff. And on top of her being like a cute little white girl with like a vague German accent, <laughs> everybody was like, cool, whatever. Yeah. So she could just get away with whatever. She could just walk around this hotel like in her robe and nobody gave a shit. Yeah. And she like literally lived there. Like she was just there all the time. Yeah. Uh, so she's, She's there. She's racking up tens of thousands of dollars in expenses and putting them all in the room, which there's no credit card to pay for. She <laughs> dines constantly at the super fancy, uh, like, in-hotel restaurant that's there called uh, Le Cuckoo, which is uh, – it's the chef is this guy, Daniel Rose. He's a famous Parisian chef, and it's part of the Steven Star restaurant group. Steven oh. Star is, like, a huge restaurateur. Um, so – this is not a cheap restaurant. This is like, this is not like your regular hotel bar restaurant. This is like a destination restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It just happens to be in a hotel. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and she puts all of her food, whatever kind of huge meal she has there, which is probably like at least $300 every time she eats there oh on the on the on her room tab. Um, yeah, so like I said, her motivation uh, is – Really, it seems like her her main motivation for all this networking and all these like this like whole persona is to she wants to create this private club, this art institution or whatever the fuck. And it and she is like determined to do this and it helps her weasel her way into some very top financial people, financial people's worlds. Oh, Um, my God. So how she really gets her foot in the door is she – so she had this network already set up from working at Purple Magazine. She uh, – and through Purple, the the editor-in-chief who she, like, befriended, basically, 
she endeared herself to. She was connected to and befriended a dude named Gabrielle Calatrava, mm-hmm. who is one of the sons of a fame, famous architect uh, called Santiago. And his family's real estate advisory company called Calatrava Grace ha- helped her kind of get meetings with people. And uh, they found this space. It's like a 45,000 45, square foot uh space that occupies the historic church missions house a landmark building which is on the corner of park avenue and 22nd Mm -hmm. um which is very very cool very swanky Mm -hmm. and so through her connection with this calatrava family she meets with one of their executives whose name is michael jaffe um who happened to be a former employee of the building's owner the space that she's looking at who is uh owned by the developer the developer Abby Rosen, who Mm. also happened to own 11 Howard, the hotel that she's been living in. Mm. So like already you can kind of see that in New York. It's kind of a small circle of like just top people who know each other. It's If you meet one person, then you meet another person, you kind of get these connections going. Um, And you can kind of see this like all is actually a pretty small world when you're dealing with very rich people. Also, I feel like if if you're meeting this girl and and she's like, oh, yes, like, I want to do this thing or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, she must have money. Like, you wouldn't guess that that she's faking it. Right, especially if she, like, somehow has these connections to legit people. Yeah, and she has these, like, grandiose ideas of, like... Yeah, it's, like, very... It's very disarming, and it's very, like, oh, okay, uh, she's a rich kid. Cool. Yeah. Uh... And she wants to be taken seriously, quote unquote, by all these people. So mm-hmm. she's she really like pursues meeting all these big name dudes. Um, and so through this Michael Jaffe guy. Um, oh, and going back to like the the developer who owns this building, Abby mm-hmm. Rosen. Mm-hmm. I think that's she like drops his name, and he kind of verifies when she starts living at the hotel, and that's why they kind of like brush off the whole credit card thing. In the very beginning, that's like what I think, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Because that that just makes no sense. I've never heard of a hotel like <laughs> being like totally fine with not having a credit card on file, which is well, crazy. This is weirder to me because so they like the reason they allowed it is because they they she said, "Oh, I'm gonna wire transfer you some money." Uh, so don't yeah. worry. And yeah, then, she's like, when the bill, when I need to move on, I'll just wire transfer you the money. Yeah, but I think even throughout, because like, it's not like no one noticed she was racking up this crazy bill, and then like a month later, you know, right. it's like they're they're like, oh hey, you know, um, we just want to make sure we get some money from you. You've been here a few days now, blah blah blah. She, yeah, I'll wire you some money, and I think maybe she did like a few little small increments. Mm-hmm. So that they were always like, "Oh, she's good appeased." For it. Yeah, and yeah. They, and yeah. every time she'd have any kind of interaction, like I said before, she'd slip a hundred dollar bill to yeah, you know, or and buy people gifts and stuff. Like yeah. it was, she just seemed good for it. Yeah, like she was like throwing money around enough that they were like, "They're oh, like, oh yeah, fine. she's yeah. legit." Yeah, but that's also fucking dumb as shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so she starts meeting these like big name people in like uh in food and beverage world. Like, really, really high-end food and beverage world. Mm-hmm. Um, there, She, like, met with the Richie Notar, who is one of the f- founders of Nobu. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Uh, he like did a walkthrough of the building with her. Oh. And then like all these like kind of high end restaurateur kind of people. Yeah. So from there, she just kind of gets in and works on finding funding from like uh, independent investors. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she decides she doesn't want to do that. She doesn't want anybody telling her what to do. So she decides she's going to just pretend that she has money and work on getting a loan, um, which I, I, I don't even know how she does this, but she does it. Uh, she she goes to uh, some of her finance friends. Like she's like, how do I like get a loan for for my space, for the thing I want to do. Yeah. Uh, one of her friends has her get in touch with Joel Cohen, who's best known as the prosecutor of Jordan Belfort, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Um, so this guy, Cohen, has has worked at a firm called Gibson Dunn, which is known for uh, its real estate practice. He puts her in touch with this dude named Andy Lance, who's a partner who happened to have the exact expertise of what she needed. So he, she has all these people on her side. So when she goes to – she fills out their, their, the Gibson Dunn new client intake form um, where she has to, like, check boxes that, you know, says – that promises that she has the resources to pay, wouldn't embarrass the firm. And then this guy, Andy Lance, puts her in touch with several large financial, financial institutions, including a Los Angeles-based – City National Bank and the Fortress Investment Group. So when somebody like like this Andy Lance dude, who's a partner at this huge real estate firm, um, gets involved, and you hear from him, and he's connected to her, and you're like a big bank or an investment group, you're like, oh, okay, this is legit. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like they um, must have done their homework, so we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, like, even emailed on behalf of her explaining, like, what she needed and um, needs the loan because her, quote, p- personal assets, which are quite substantial, are located outside of the U.S., uh, some of them in the trust with UBS outside the U.S. So. <laughs> you know there's an easy way to check that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and It's so, Yeah. And so then, like, but, you know, they're still doing their due diligence. And so Banker at City National um, asked to see the UBS statements. um, And that banker received a list of figures from a man named Peter W. Henneke. Um, And nobody knows if this Peter guy is even real, but he he basically, he, quote, quote unquote, who knows if this is a real person. He just ends up stringing along City National for a little while. And Anna gets in touch and says, oh, this this Peter dude is the head of her family's office. So, yeah, that, Peter that, Henneke at AOL.com. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> They're like, uh, do you work for any financial institution? They're like, are you someone's grandpa? Or- yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's oh, so God. weird. So, but that whole that whole thing ties up the bank, and she's like, kind of legit, like yeah. getting about to get money. They probably all had like bad feelings about it, but because there were so many like high profile people tied to it, they're like, okay, I guess it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, 
so I, I drop all these names because once she's like in this world, this like finance world, uh, she's <laughs> she's like kind of in the room with all these other high profile people. For example, yeah. Martin Shkreli uh, is somehow gets in her orbit uh, because of all the financial people she's now interacting with. Yeah. Uh, this fucking guy, I don't know if you guys remember this guy. He is the uh, the pharma bro who jacked up the price of like I don't like um diff a lot of different drugs, but specifically like I think HIV drugs, yeah, and like epipens and stuff to yeah. like fuck up the market so that <laughs> people couldn't get like people have to pay for this stuff. Yeah, uh, he's a piece of shit, but he ended up going to jail. So good. Yeah. Yeah, he's in jail. Yeah. Because it was, it was ruled unfair, right? It was like... It was... Yeah, it was like yeah. total... He like... Fuck, he like cornered the market and fucked it up and they were yeah. like, yeah. you piece of shit. You can't do that. Um, yeah. But good news is that she made him feel like a real fucking nerd whenever she interacted with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, she like hosts... A, like. She hosts dinners and she's like doing all this stuff, like being social. And so all these people are coming into her orbit. Macaulay Culkin at one point was at a dinner that she hosted. Um, Andre Saravia, Saravia, uh, Mm. who's an owner of the nightclub Le Baron, which is a famous nightclub in New York City and in Paris. I have a question. Um, yeah. She does have money at this point, right? Didn't she got some sort of loan? Yeah, I think okay. she must have got some money from from the uh from City National. Yeah, so she got like so so like a line of credit or some yeah, sort she, that they yeah. that a, an account was opened. Cool. Okay, cuz that's how yeah. you know like she she ha- she we're kind of like talking about this. Some of this is happening at the same time that she's like getting, giving hundreds to people and stuff. Like she's securing little pockets of money here mm-hmm. and there. And then she's using that to look like really wealthy. Yes. Meanwhile, she as isn't. she, as she like integrates herself into these like yeah. upper echelon spaces yeah. where, where these like very important people are. Yeah. Um, to- Cause, cause, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say just to, like, look the part. Yeah, and I was going to say also, like, because you can't just, it like, you can't just work your way into a circle like this and leech. They'll know right away. You yeah. You have to do your part. So, like, you know, she has to have, it's like, it's like you got to have money to make money sort of thing. Like, right. you know, where she's, like, spreading enough around at these parties or at these dinners or whatever to like yeah. play the part so that, and then they're reciprocating with her and she's exactly. like in this scene. Yeah. And I mean, having fucking Macaulay Culkin just show up to one of your parties <laughs> is like, is cool, you know, or oh. like, or, or the, the nightclub owner guy, the Andre guy. Um, and, and anybody who knows who's like in this like scene yeah. of super rich people know like can look and be like oh there's so and so oh there's so and so oh she knows so and so yeah yeah like she must be legit so um another person she uh attached herself to um was this guy named Michael uh Fu Huang mm-hmm. um he was the collector and founder of Beijing's M Woods Museum mm. um they like at one point went on a really crazy vacation together 
And she was like, oh, yeah, I got it. I'll put the bill, pay for everything. Um, but obviously she didn't. And somehow, <laughs> somehow got him to pick up the entire $60,000 bill. Oh, my um, God. But he's, like, super rich, so he, like, didn't really care that much. Uh, and then he nearly forgot about it until she had a birthday party that was, like, put on by a PR company and, like, at this, like, super private club. And then she never paid them. And then he realized, like, oh, I don't think weird. she's legit. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't come till a little bit later until <laughs> way after this uh, this whole 60k bill that he he footed for their vacation oh my God. um uh she also got to know a a woman named rachel williams who's a photo editor for vanity fair we'll talk a little bit more about her in a little bit um but i highly highly recommend reading uh her article uh in vanity fair called my misadventure with the magician of manhattan Mm. Um, she also befriended this woman named, uh, Neff Davis, who was the 11 Howard concierge, Mm -hmm. who's one of the main sources, uh, of this really, really excellent article from, uh, the cut, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the New York magazine style and culture publication, the cut, uh, by Jessica Pressler. So highly recommend reading both of those articles. Um, for the full full picture, and that's where we like mostly got all of this information. Yeah, they for this piece, episode, they piece everything together really well. Yeah, it's still some of it is still a little like hazy, like in terms of timing and stuff for me, because like I know a lot of it was happening at the same time, but like just exactly yeah. how she's taking money to pay these people, because she almost was running her own Ponzi scheme, but it was like for totally. herself. Yeah, like, totally. It, it was really weird and. Um, it's hard yeah it's hard to nail down like the exact timeline but yeah just to be clear this is like all from like I want to say from the time she was like in Paris that was around like 2015 Mm -hmm. um working for purple and then she like got to um New York around 2016 maybe like late 2016 yeah uh starts work or starts living uh at the 11 Howard probably early 2017 mm-hmm. I want to say um so that's kind of the that's seems what the timeline is but it all kind of starts to to crumble <laughs> towards the end of 2017 and we'll start talking about that in a second but yeah. um real quick the uh, one of the last uh people <laughs> that just came out in the news is somebody who she was attached to mm-hmm. um is uh this guy Billy McFarland who, if you remember, this guy was the uh, organizer. I want to say organizer in massive quote quotation marks because he uh, <laughs> proprietor. Or I, yeah, I don't know. No, he 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 was the organizer of the fire festival. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't remember, the fire festival was a fucking nightmarish debacle where they basically he, he and Ja was it Ja Rule. I think so, yeah. Yeah, they, like, tried to put on this, like, super swanky um, uh, festival. Like a music (laughs) festival, lifestyle festival. Yeah, where people would go to this island and they have their own private villas. And it was, like, Bella Hadid and, like, the Kardashians were all, like, kind of talking it up. And and as it turns out, it was a fucking 
Nothing was there, basically. No, everyone showed up to the island and there was, like, fucking tents and cheese sandwiches. Yeah, it was – that was literally what it was. Yeah. So – um yeah so he himself was a grifter but she uh anna somehow attached herself to this guy uh he so this guy is in jail also by the way um (laughs) the the fuck up of uh of the fire festival led to uh him pleading guilty to one count of wire fraud and uh a scheme to defraud investors as well as a second count of wire fraud related to another scheme uh to defraud a ticket vendor, which was uh, <laughs> selling fake tickets to the Met Gala and to Coachella. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> this no, guy's a piece of shit. So, what a piece uh, of shit. Yeah, so I don't feel bad for her. Leech- she leached off this guy. I wouldn't. I want to say, like, in 2016 this happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have an exact – like, there's no way to know because they. Pe- this is just being reported that this happened. Yeah. Uh, he uh, – According to page six, he at one point let her stay at the at their Soho loft headquarters of his. Oh, he also owned this credit card company called Magnesis Hmm. for like for a while, which ended up Hmm. being another fucking scam. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) It was like basically a credit card company that made uh, black cards that would be linked to its members, other credit card accounts. I don't know. It was it was a full on scam. Oh uh, but he let her stay at their like head uh, the credit card headquarters while she was like mid grift and uh, <laughs> your mid grift's showing. We can yeah. all we can see you out here trying to make things happen. It's not working. Yeah, she she's like, yeah. Can I just stay at your loft for a couple of days? And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, and she ended up staying there for months. <laughs> And he's like, um, okay. And people said he was reportedly, quote, too polite and non-confrontational uh, to actually tell her to leave. Um, oh, my God. You know what I think? I think he was just like, I recognize a grifter when I see one because yeah. I am a grifter. I'm was- just going to see how this plays out. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it probably, like, didn't work out for them long term because, like, you you can't both be phonies and be together. Like, someone needs to be real for, yeah. like, it to work. But that's really funny. Also, I was confused because before she moved into um, Eleven Howard, I was like, where did she live before that? But she was living at these credit card headquarters. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, and to be clear, it was like a cool loft. Like it wasn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. an office building or something. No, but it I was like, like. No, I like that she lived in a cubicle, <laughs> fucking next to yeah. like Ted's desk or whatever. Un- it's under like... like some fluorescent lights, yeah. Well, this and is they... Ted, our billing manager, you can move into the cubicle next to him. And apparently, they like literally just had to move their offices to like get her to leave. Oh my god! That's how. That's how they got her out. So oh my weird. god, she didn't just like follow them with her little box. No. Yeah, they're like they like packed up the office and like we're like, "Oh, we're moving to a new location and didn't tell her." Oh my know. god. It's so fucked. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so she's uh so in the meantime, like after all this, like so she dupes all these people that I just mentioned. Uh-huh. Uh I think th- that the fact that it came out that she duped the 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 fire festival guy is just such sweet, sweet justice. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So in the meantime, though, while she's like bilking all these people, she's also trying to secure that $22 million loan. <laughs> um, it, she's also skipping out on restaurant bills, hotel bills, expenses for services she's hiring to like brand her quote unquote business. Oh, my God. Um, she's racking up a huge bill at the, at the 11 Howard. Um, and they finally call that shit in, like after probably asking her for like months to do the wire transfer, they're finally like, Hey, so your bill's over (laughs) $30,000. Can you, um, can you get that money to us? And she's like, yes, yes, of course, darling. Um, (laughs) uh, and she's like. She's like, I'll get, I'll get you the money, um, and somehow it sort of gets resolved. But then she hops on a private plane and jets off to Omaha to go to some fucking conference and meet Warren Buffett. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> I think she she gets it's either the loan that she secured that we talked about, or she gets some other sort of loan, and she is yeah. able to pay the thirty thousand dollar bill. So then they're like, yeah. oh, okay. But yeah. then it starts again. Like, yeah, like then, she pays it, but doesn't give them a working credit card. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it takes like, a, like, you know, X amount of days for it to clear yeah. and it just doesn't clear. Yeah, yeah. Like it starts, it's like it comes through and then it just doesn't. Um, I think Ugh. with wire transfers, uh, I used to do a lot of them when I worked in politics. Uh, they, they can sometimes take up to 10 days um, to clear in certain bank accounts. So that could be what the the like oh waiting process was and they're like okay it's in it's in in transit cool um so <laughs> <laughs> 11 howard's like bitch you're done and they while she's in omaha they literally like pack up her room put all her shit in storage and uh change the like code to her door uh and she comes back and she's just like totally offended and she's like friends with the concierge, Neff, and she's like, Oh, can you believe this? And Neff's like, Well, you didn't pay your bill, bitch. Um, <laughs> and then she's like, Hey, Neff, come with me to Morocco. Uh, let's go on vacation. Yeah. I got to get away from it all. <laughs> I'll pay, I'll foot the bill. Yeah. She's like, I'll pay for your plane ticket, everything. Yeah. Uh, and this, this girl, Neff, is like, Totally tempted, but she ends up not being able to do it because she can't take time off of work. Yeah. Um, but she invites a couple other lady friends. Um, so she's just like, I'm just going to take off to Morocco. I rented a $7,000 a night Riyadh and <laughs> let's go. <sighs> so she goes to Morocco. Yeah. Who Doesn't do you, she bring... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Tell, oh, say, oh. say all the things. Okay, I was going to say, she brings some friends. And the one of the people she brings is Rachel from Vanity Fair, the article that Aaron recommended reading. Uh, yeah, the, the, the photographer, editor, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're the photog from yeah. Vanity Fair. Very she-she. Rachel um, Williams, photo editor from Vanity Fair. Yeah, and the other person is, and I don't know this person's name, but she's her personal trainer. So, like, at some point, she was like, I want to get a hot bod to match all my money that I'm pretending I have. Yeah. And she works with a personal trainer who's, like, a little bit older and, like, I think feels bad for her. And so... I think she's, like, a life coach, too, right? Yeah, she, yeah. yeah she's, like, a um, a life coach. And so she's, like, you know, they kind of have a lot of heart-to-hearts, especially as, like, she's 
especially as the uh, Eleven Howard is like hounding her for money and stuff. She's like really upset, and and so uh, they ha- have a friendship. And so she's like, "You guys come with me. Let's go." Um, so they go to Marrakesh and they do their thing there. And I think somehow they're it's fine while they're in Marrakesh. But then they get to Casablanca. For like a couple days, yeah. For a couple days, things are fine. Things Things are are fine, and then um, they're there, and they come up to them, uh, and they're like, "Listen, your credit card's not working, and you've already racked up a shit a shitload of money." Like at the place she's staying. Yeah, like at the hotel, and the hotel people are like, "Listen," and it's like a private hotel. Like it's hard to explain. It's like fancy. It's very fancy, but there's like an entire staff that's like waiting on them. Yeah, but they're like like pretty much there by themselves, and and this is like the seven thousand dollar a night place. Dude, so probably after one night, they're like. Yeah. We uh, your credit card's not working. We need to stop you right here. And so she like gives them like I think this is when she like gives them a bunch of other numbers. Nothing's working. They're like, "Listen, you don't have any money. You you need to pay us. Someone needs to pay us. We're going to have you arrested." And by this time, the personal trainer got like vacation diarrhea or something. So she had to go she had to leave. So she went back home. She wasn't even in this yeah. situation. So yeah. um, so Rachel, the Vanity Fair photographer, is like, fuck, like, what are we going to do? She like, they're has, like threatening yeah, they're to gonna, arrest like, we're them We're going to arrest you. Yeah. yeah. Because like, she can't be like, oh, well, she said she would pay for it. They're like, someone needs to pay for this right now. Yeah. So she gives them her American Express credit card that I think was like her work credit card that she used yeah. for expenses. And she put – oh, she had to put up – they had racked up, what, $62,000? Yep. On that trip. Um, and she had to put that all on her credit card. Yeah. And, of course, like, fucking little Grif- Miss Grifter was like, oh, no, don't worry. I'll, like, I'll get you. It's fine. Like, I got you back. And, like, she never saw yeah. the money. Um, yeah, they get back to yeah they they get out of this because of the the Vanity Fair woman yeah gets them out of it and they go back to New York yeah but she okay so so Anna has nowhere to stay at this point. because remember she'd been kicked out of the out of Eleven Howard yeah All, and her, I think she was kicked out of a hotel after that too right yeah she tried to stay in a couple different really swanky places yeah. Yeah. Uh, including the W and yeah. uh, the Bowery, I think. And yeah. they, she would stay for a couple of days. They'd be like, your credit card on file isn't working. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Um, yeah. So she gets back to New York. She's like calling around to hotels. She's The Ace Hotel's like, she's like, can I stay here? They're like, no. She calls for the fucking Hilton, Times Square. She's like, can I stay here? They're like, no. She calls the fucking like Holiday Inn, Queens. She's like, can I stay here? They're like, bitch, you phony. No. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, is that is that a hundred dollar bill or just a piece of paper? Because I don't think so. She's like, can I pay with my money order? And they're like, you need a credit card to stay in a hotel anywhere yeah, even in America. The, okay, even the Holiday Inn Express is yeah. like, absolutely not, bitch. <laughs> She's like, um, excuse me, but the Eleven Howard let me stay there for over a month, and I didn't have a credit card. And they're like, well, they dumb. So they are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get yeah. the fuck up out of here before. So we she call has she's like literally homeless now. So she has yeah. nowhere to stay. No. And I think like a couple friends, like the personal trainer, hadn't yet heard of the Casablanca debacle. Incident. Yeah. So so they were like, 
um so she's like calling around she's like hey i don't have money right now i'm like it's like in between paychecks or whatever whatever lies she's saying and she's like can you just like buy me a night at this hotel or whatever and they're like okay so like some of the like kind Mm. of fringe friends she's made are like yes then um then i think uh uh, that stops after like three nights and yeah. everyone's like, no, I can't pay for you. So then she fucking shows up at the personal trainer's apartment and she like calls from downstairs and the doorman's like, your friend's here. She's like really upset. And she's like, okay. So she like comes down. She's like, oh, oh man, it's like, can I come up and like stay with you for a little bit? And the personal trainer's like, I'm on a date. Yeah, like, like, I'm trying to get it in with this dude in my apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, well, like, it's fine. I'll just, like, stay out of the way. And she's like, "Um, okay, I guess you can come up and, like, stay tonight. But, like, that's it. Yeah. And so she, like, comes upstairs and just, like, starts drink. Like, she, like, just starts drinking their wine and eating their charcuterie plate and, like, (laughs) fucking. She's like, do you have any water? (laughs) Yeah. Sparkling? Um, (laughs) Let me just have that last Pellegrino thing. She like this bitch. They're like sitting on the couch, like Netflix and chilling, and she just like squeezes in between them and like yeah. takes the blanket. Yeah, she's like, oh, can I change the channel? This this just sucks. <laughs> I hate this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, she's like all distraught, and then I think like the next day she goes out for a cigarette or something. She's like gone for like two seconds, and fucking the personal trainer gathers up all her shit, takes it downstairs, and then is like, don't let that lady come back into my house because yeah. she had reached out to Rachel uh-huh. like during that time because remember they went on vacation together and she's like what's going on she's here and she's like oh um she owes me $62,000 she's a phony <gasps> oh my god so she's like telling her doorman she's like don't let her don't let her back up and he- yeah the personal trainer's like holy shit yeah uh, tells her like doorman like yeah do not tell tell this bitch that I'm gone like yeah, I don't I'm like, not don't here. let her back <laughs> I had to had an emergency, had to leave. Do not yeah. let her back up. Uh, but she comes back, and the and the doorman's like just texting up to the lady, like she's still here. She's like crying, and yeah. she's like, I don't care. I don't want her here. Yeah. Uh, she literally <laughs> sat there until midnight. Like she was like, I'm a hostage in my own apartment. I can't leave. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. So. It's crazy. And in the meantime, this poor woman, Rachel, uh, the Vanity Fair photographer, is just like freaking the fuck out because she um, she is out $60,000. That's like more than she makes a year. Dude. She's like freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and then so I guess they all kind of get together like her like last the personal trainer, uh, Rachel. And um, a couple other friends get together and confront Anna about her fuckery. (laughs) And they're like, what is going on? And because they all at this point in time know about this, the, the debacle in Morocco um, and the fact that she still hasn't, the Morocco, (laughs) the fact that she still hasn't paid poor, poor Rachel back, who's like not in a position to have spent that much money at all. Um, and they're just like, what are you doing? And then and Anna's they ca- like, but, can, but like you guys are picking up brunch, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And in the meantime, 
all of her debts are getting called in. She <laughs> is getting caught as fuck right now. She oh is. Oh my god. She is. So remember how she was trying to get that twenty-two million dollar loan? She, yeah. like, this is like in November of twenty sixteen. That's when she secured the hundred thousand dollar line of credit. Somehow oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And I think this is how she she was like keeping it all moving. Like had always yeah. had money in her pocket is mm-hmm. with this. Uh, and this, but this line of credit was to fulfill a due diligence requirement with the larger investment company that she was trying to have fund her little project. Um, <laughs> and they, and they end up giving her the money, but she freaks out kind of midway through the whole transaction and just, just backs out, but, all, but hangs on to $55,000 of that line of credit oh my and still has the account open for it. And she starts, you know, going on shopping sprees. Um, and then she starts depositing bad checks into this account. So she ends up depositing $160,000 worth of bad checks into this into this account. And she manages to draw seventy grand from the account before the checks are returned, which <gasps> is how – that's how she managed to, like, weasel out of the 11 Howard uh, bill. Um, and then – she realizes, like, towards the end of the road, like, she is truly fucked. Yeah. So she just starts forging wire transfer receipts. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so she she she, se- she sends these phony wire transfer receipts to a bunch of people, including City National, the, mm-hmm. the bank that had given her the $100,000 line of credit, um, and, and, like, opened that account for her for the, the – the larger investment company. Yeah. Uh, she forged one to Rachel Williams and a bunch of other, you know, places around town. Um, and, and then as it turns out, her family advisor, Pete, Peter Hineke, uh-huh. uh, she had killed him off. Hypoth- well, he wasn't a real person, but she like claimed <laughs> that he died. So when people started asking more questions, like yeah. the banks and stuff who were like, so like emailing the Peter Hineke guy, they're like asking all these questions and she's like, he's dead. Please don't, don't disturb our family at this time. Yeah. She's like, they're like, um, so this Peter Hineke and she's like, what? Why would you bring him up? Yeah. yeah. She like killed this fake guy off yeah. so that she wouldn't have to answer any more questions to the bank. <laughs> Uh, and I think I read that the phone number she had on like whatever form she filled out from him on her behalf, it was like a number to like a local bodega or some shit. I thought you were going to say it was like two, one, two, five, 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 five. Yeah. One, two, three, four. (laughs) So she wrote all these bad checks around town. She had all this debt and it was all just getting called in and she got arrested. Yeah. Finally, and it and it and it was like this poor Rachel uh, woman, the Vanity Fair photographer, who was like, it. She like had gone around trying to figure out what to do. She like did not know what to do. She was yeah. like, I just got swindled out of like sixty two thousand dollars. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Yeah. And she like would she like went to a a um like civil claims court, and they were just like, this exceeds the amount of trying to file a civil lawsuit. You oh. need to like check it. You like. She, like, went to law – like, all the law enforcement, They she finally got on the right track, and they were, like – and she – I think she called, um, like, a fraud division of, like, the police department or something, and they were, like, oh, we've been investigating this person. 
Oh my God. Um, so you definitely have a claim. You definitely have, you're going to have to be involved in this investigation. Oh. Uh, she like stood trial. She gave her whole fucking, um, thing. Um, so anyway, that was a little bit later, but when she, she had all these misdemeanor charges pending that they were going to arrest her on, mm-hmm. um, which she, she knew she was about to get caught. So what she did, she, de- she deposited two more blast bad checks into an account at another bank, uh, and she got $8,200 from, from that. And then she goes, hops on a plane to California, and she got arrested in California. Yeah. Um, right outside of Passages in Malibu. Oh. Which is a rehab facility. Yeah, fancy one. <laughs> yeah, a really fancy one. Uh, and then they Wait, like. Uh, can you buy a plane ticket with cash? Uh, How I, did she get there? I, I think you might be able to, like, at the front desk. Okay. Like, at the airport? Or unless maybe you, like, buy, like, American Express gift cards or something. <gasps> yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. You know? I don't sense. know. Yeah, um, I don't know. So they toss her ass back on a plane, back to New York, to fa- and she faces six counts of grand larceny and attempted grand larceny in addition to theft of services, according to the indictment. And the... Um, Manhattan District Attorney's Office said the damage might be as high as $275,000. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. Um, Yeah. So, guys, she's in prison now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, even though, I mean, $275,000 is a lot, but also seems low almost to me. I know. I don't think that's the full... Oh, oh. Damn it. I think that, I I mean, that is, like, what's officially accounted for, like, based on all the claims that have come forward from different banks and, like, different financial financial institutions and, uh, like, hotels, whatever, that are, like, owed money from her. And there might be people... There, there might be people individual that, like, people. Yeah, yeah, gave her money and just like wrote it off like the rich guy that like footed the bill for that vacation. Yeah. He made, it's like, like little bits here money. and there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um who knows. So there's all these like small claims like probably floating around to like in addition to that yeah. uh, initial figure. Mm-hmm. Which it's still a lot of money but it's because she didn't get very far. Yeah. Like with if True. she would have if she would have like gone as far as she could have gone with the, uh, like, the bank loans and stuff. Yeah. She, uh, who knows? She didn't go full Madoff. No, no. She didn't go full Madoff. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not not in any way. No, she went, um, like, a quarter Madoff. Not yeah, even. Not um, even. Yeah, but she – I love uh, that once she got to jail, she was, like – uh taught you know you know like it's like what are you in here for oh like financial crime or whatever and then she like got into the group with like oh the other... and by the way she's oh. at rikers yeah yeah <laughs> dude that's hardcore that's hardcore yeah it's um, like not no there's like people who've done some shit she's in prison with murderers yeah yeah and she's like oh like i'm like a cute little socialite you could look at her instagram and it's like uh, so trying so hard to be artsy um, ooh, we should write her a letter. She has like a uh, her address there. How you? Oh, send totally. Her a oh um, my god, that'd be weird. But uh, she 
she's like in prison and everyone's like, what are you in for? She's like financial shit. And they're like, oh, the financial girls are all over there. And they're all like, um, hi. And then she like goes over there and then they're all like, um, come join us. And she's like, so how'd you get, how'd you get here? And they're like, oh, I like stole other people's identities and like racked up a millions of dollars worth of like debt. And then she's like, oh, that's you could do that. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. And then they like fucking teach her how to, how to steal people's identities. She is like, She's in the school of hard knocks, guys. She's learning. She's learning uh, at the feet of like seasoned criminals now. She was. She might have been in like the upper echelons, like totally scamming people. But like Which, she could, she oh, could have yeah. gone way further if she just would have yeah. had a little bit of education about it. These are like fucking toddler crimes she committed. She's yeah. like on these like baby crimes, and they're all like, "Um, no, I'm a full fledged adult. I've stolen identities and yeah. gotten millions." And it's like, yeah, she's like, oh wow, yeah. So she's like, she's picking up all this info from these girls in prison now, um, and she's like. Very interested with all the murderers that are there. It's yeah. So it is just so much. Um, and she says uh, she actually likes prison. <sighs> okay, bitch. <laughs> the only good thing that's coming out of all this, you guys, is that Shonda Rhimes has acquired the rights to the New York Times Magazine piece the, the from the cut. Um, and she is going to develop a network's original series based on oh it. Oh my god. Based on this crazy story. Shonda <sighs> motherfucking rhymes. It's going to be guys. so good. I want to write this. The creator of Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. Uh, and Scandal and all the other most amazing best TV shows of all time. Yeah. What other ones? How to know. Get Away with Murder. Oh, okay. I haven't watched that one. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, I will watch the fuck out of that show. I will watch this because I like the, yeah, I really like the whole idea. Yeah. Um, but she's in prison, you guys, if you want to write to Anna Delvey, she's yeah. there. She's at Rikers. Um, and apparently she's just living it up. Yeah. Fucking, she doesn't have to pretend in there. Maybe it's like a break. Maybe like, yeah. maybe it's like really actually comforting to her because she's like, Totally. I don't have to pretend in here. Everyone knows I don't have money because I'm here. Yeah. No, she still insists that she's good for it. Like, if she's like, if they, if they, because there's, she's, she can't be released on bail, I think, because she's like a flight risk. Oh, my God. So she's, uh, they, they don't have a bail set for her. She's like, yeah, but if they just set the bail, like, I would just be able to bail myself out. Oh, gosh. There's so, I feel like there's so many details to this that we didn't even go over that I'm I know. Of, but it's just a lot. And it's a it's lot. Fun. Read the articles. It, there's a lot of little treasures. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Vanity Fair article and the, uh, the article from the cut, uh, from yeah. New York. Yeah. New York Magazine. Um, some people call her a modern day Robin Hood, uh, Robin from the rich and handing out hundreds to the hotel workers and Uber drivers. But uh, I don't know. I think she's just a piece of shit. Yeah. Or was she doing the Lord's work? We don't know. I don't know. No, it's we hard know. to she's say. A piece of shit. Yeah. She sucks. Um, get a job. Yeah. Like get a real job. Like just. <laughs> I hope she has to clean the toilets at the jail now. Ugh. God willing. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, that's all I, I guess I could say about her. Um, yeah. 
she's wild, man. And uh, she just really went the extra mile. Yeah. Anna Delvey. Anna Delvey. Um, yeah, follow us on social meets. Mm-hmm. At, at DT, a few podcasts everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, send us an email if you'd like, dtfupodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you could just go to our website, dtfupodcast.com. And that has all the things on there that will direct you to all the places um, where you can contact us. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Don't be a grifter, guys. No. Don't get grifted. Yeah, don't get grifted. Be, uh, be on your game. Spot the um, the flim-flam men and women in, in your life and say – you know, we could be friends, but don't take money from me. That sounds like a know. really fun bar game. Like, spot the grifter. Eee. There's got to be one in every crowd. Oh, there always is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh, be excellent to each other and to yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell a friend about the podcast. Oh, tell a friend. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Um. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>